Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 106 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. We will tell you that some guests in Oilers Now receive gift certificates to the Japanese Village. Three locations. Downtown, Southside, and Northside. You can reach us. On our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. They've got Larry the Cable Guy, April 14th, live at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Also, Bill Engel at March 24th at the River Cree. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Texas at 630-630-4, Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter. At Oilers now, we got Louis DeBrusque at 1.15 today from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Quick update with Randy Hanch, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They wrapped up their season yesterday. He's coming at 1.35 and just stepping off the plane at uh, 1.45-ish will be Stan Marple, the general manager of the Alberta Golden Bears hockey team. Oh, Brendan Ulrich, are you ready to do a little bit of Mr. Lube trivia? Ready, let's do it. Here we go. All right, and you, you know, I got to be a little bit self-indulgent here. So for you fellows out there that play hockey, you might be able to get this one easier, but you know it's going to be a question pertaining. A day after the Alberta Golden Bears win the national championship, and with us being in Carolina where former Alberta Golden Bear Derek Ryan plays, the trivia question for Mr. Lube, winter driving begins at Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance, up for grabs a $50 GC from Mr. Lube. The trivia question has to do with Derek Ryan's running mate, circa late uh, 2000, uh, late 2000s, early 2010s at the U of A. Derek Ryan was part of a tandem with another prominent Western Hockey League player who once had 91 points in 72 games in the WHL when 90 points was a big deal back then with the Spokane Chiefs. Derek Ryan also played with the Spokane Chiefs. Two of the final three years that uh, Derek Ryan and this player played together, 
this individual actually had more points than uh, Derek Ryan. He was a gifted offensive player, as I mentioned, uh, from Warman, Saskatchewan, of the uh, fine province of Saskatchewan, better than a point-per-game player in the ECHL when he went to that level as well. He plays men's league hockey. I don't know if he plays for the Pub 1905 team with Dan Baker or not, but this guy's a pretty skilled player. And guys that would play Division One Alberta men's know what I'm talking about. So name the former Alberta Golden Bear who won a national championship with Derek Ryan in 2008 in Moncton, New Brunswick, who outscored Derek Ryan in two of the final three years that those two players played together. Uh, he's currently residing in Edmonton, and he was a prominent high-end WHL offensive player uh, during his time with the team. And again, I have a feeling that uh, this question will get answered pretty quickly by fellows that would have played uh, against uh, him back in the day. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at orders now, uh, email us orders now at 630chat.com. Brendan, did you say we already have a winner? Do we already have a winner? Not yet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Provost Alberta has the right guy. By the way, Provost has already texted in, uh, but you can't win via text. You have to call in on our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. John has texted the show to say, Bob, I wonder if there would be riots in Cowtown if Garth Snow is calling Rasmus Dolan to the podium with the Calgary Flames first round pick. Well, Calgary did not lottery protect their pick in that deal for Travis Hamannick, and there is a chance that the Calgary Flames are going to miss the playoffs. There is a chance the Flames could miss the playoffs. I think that's uh, that's completely possible. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Another text on our Westlock Ford text line. Bob, enough with the stability. The current management team is now in place for three seasons. With the exception of McDavid, uh, the Oilers, uh, including the Condors, you got to ask yourself, are they significantly better? I say no, says the texter, and says the Condors are probably worse. The only glimmer of hope I see is the emergence of some hopeful prospects in Bear, Jones, Mantha, uh, Wells, Skinner, Benson, and Maximov, Samarukov, and Ostapas-Safin. Well, one thing you mentioned there, uh, the texter out of Edmonton, is that all those players were drafted since Peter Shirelli took over the team as GM. Every single prospect you mentioned. Ethan Bear is up with Edmonton. I don't think he's ready for full-time duty. He's getting a long look-see here at the end of the year. Caleb Jones has had a difficult campaign in his first year down in pro. Um Ryan Mantha has dealt with a significant eye injury uh, that has uh, been a challenge for him. Dylan Wells has had a tough year in the OHL, uh, but is a decent goaltending prospect. So, too, is Jeff Skinner. He's a decent goaltending prospect. Had a real good start with uh, Manny Virios in Swift Currents. Cooled off a bit. Tyler Benson's had a decent full season. I think he's up to 58 or 59 games. He had almost 70 points, so he had a pretty decent go, but he's missed a lot of hockey. Maximov had a great season, finished the season on a six-game points scoring streak, had 14 points in those six games, 80 points overall. It was plus 20. Uh, Sam Rukov had a decent year. Safin played on a terrible team and led that team in points. You can text us at 630-630. Again, we've got Louis DeBrusque at 115 coming up. 
Bob, do you think Ethan Bear will make the team next season? And do you think Patrick Maroon will be back? Uh, I think Ethan Bear will be hard-pressed to make the team next year. I do. I, again, and I could see him. I mean, he might play every game the rest of the season. Now the cleft bomb's out. Uh, he had a shot block last night for Secra. There's a possibility that Bear keeps playing games here until the end of the year. I, I don't think there's any guarantee that he starts the season in Edmonton next year. Uh, I still think he needs to work on uh, getting stronger, getting quicker, working on his pivots in particular, so he can get back quicker. He he can certainly process the game. The guy can think. The guy can absolutely think. As for Patrick Maroon, I don't know if you can have Patrick Maroon and Milan Lucic. So let's leave it at that. This text comes in from Stan. Bob, I'm concerned about Peter Shirelli trading Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he's desperate enough to pull off another blue chip trade. And as always, says Stan, I think Peter will lose that trade. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has big upside still and is a versatile piece that we need. Whoever is in charge of the special teams, I think, should be fired, says Stan. That's a no-brainer in any sport. Special teams has to be decent. Stan, I don't think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get traded. I think there is definite realization that... uh, he is a, a player that still can grow and mature. He's 24. You know, how good of a player is he going to be at 27, 28? I think he might be the perfectly slotted guy on the left side with Connor McDavid because he can rotate with McDavid in terms of defensive zone responsibilities, depending upon who's back lower. Um, I do think Nugent Hopkins will get stronger with age. Um, he's not great in back-to-back games, and I think he'll get better as time goes on in that front. Uh, he's also a very versatile piece. I'd be stunned, frankly, if Nugent Hopkins were dealt. I would. You can text us at 630-630. Jimmy says, Bob, the Calgary Flames are done. It's only four points, but it's three teams, and the Flames played one more game than everybody else. Um, never say never. Never say never. One more text. Bob, just wondering how Pugliarvi is handling, handling his lack of playing time. His body language has not looked good lately. And since you're close to the team, do you have a read on him? Thanks from uh, Chad and Calgary. I, I think, yes, he's frustrated. That's my read, Chad. Um, I think he's dispirited at this stage. Um, he, I mean, there was a chance for a three-on-two yesterday, and he completely misread. He didn't stay in his lane. Drysaddle was going to pop the puck to him on the right side, and he cut towards Leon instead of just staying where he is. You can text us at 630-630. Do we get a winner? Trivia? Yeah, Dave's the winner, Bob. Dave is the winner, and we got Louie DeBrusque. We're going to go to Louie right now. Louie, how you doing? How you doing, bud? What's going on? Well, you know, I'm down in Carolina. What do you remember about playing here, Louie? <laughs> you know what? I always remember being a beautiful place, that's for sure. I love Carolina. The, the thing that I always remember about Carolina, though, when I think of it, is the fact that we got snowed in there and had to spend a weekend in the hotel playing cards and watching every movie in the hotel movie uh, list and uh, eating three meals a day in the same banquet room that we'd have our pregame meal in. So, yeah, I was playing with the Tampa Bay Lightning and we got snowed in there. And uh, Sorry, so I was playing with the Phoenix Coyotes, my bad, not Tampa. playing with the Phoenix Coyotes and we got snowed in there for uh, for multiple days. Well, there you have it. Uh, yeah. Evan- 
Edmonton in Carolina uh, tomorrow, uh, and we appreciate you joining us on a Monday. What did you think of the two games? Uh, and I know you worked your own game on, on the weekend, but the Oilers rallied from a 2-1 deficit against a team that hadn't, been, hadn't blown a third-period lead all year. Florida was 23-0 and before that game. Uh, the Oilers rallied to get the 4-2 win. Uh, and then yesterday, um, they didn't have the horses to match up against Tampa. That's my perception. What would you say to that? Oh, I agree with that. I think when you look at the goals that were scored against, uh, especially the two Kucherov goals, there was, you know, the, the face-off goal for, for Heaven was just a, a blast, redirection, found its way home. But the the two goals that Kucherov scored, one on the power play and the other one later in the game, were, were scrambles where they just were relentless. They, did, they stayed on the puck and they just continued to attack, and the Oilers got out of position, and listen, it was a... It was a free-for-all in there, and good teams find a way to exploit and find a way to score on those opportunities. That's exactly what Tampa did. Plus, Tampa just had lost to Boston, um, so they were obviously fired up to try and get back in the win column, and the Oilers, uh, give them credit. I thought they battled pretty hard for an extent in the game, and they they kept it relatively close considering, but uh, they had their opportunities too, I thought. But Tampa just uh, was able to outwork them and outsmart them and eventually win the game. Well, and they're better than them. That's the other part of it, Louis. They're, I mean, we're well, talking yeah, about... I mean, that's, so, they're deeper. You know, when you look at their team, um, they just come at you in waves. And they just, they're relentless that way. And I think over time, you can stick around with a team like that for a bit, but eventually they're going to wear you down. And that's what I thought happened is, you know, they just started to make mistakes and they capitalized on them. That's, that's, that's what happens when you play good teams. And nowadays, you know, the, the last month of the season, those mistakes seem to be magnified. I don't know if you see it that way, but I, I've always felt like that last month heading into the playoffs when games start to mean even more for teams that are trying to get in there or trying to cement a position as far as top of the, the division, top of the conference for Tampa. I mean, Boston's right behind them. They were two points behind them before that game. So, you know what, for them, those points are starting to mean even more. When you make a mistake against teams like that, they seem to capitalize every time. It just seems like they bury you when you do. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrus, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Uh, Louis, you've often discussed the empathy you felt towards skilled offensive players being stuck on your line when they got recalled. So on that note, uh, Ty Ratty, he's getting himself an opportunity, isn't he? He is. You know what? For the first time in a while, we've seen someone step in there and actually create a lot. You know, actually garner a lot of chances because of the effort that he's putting in. So this is what you like to see. I like I like to see them give him an opportunity. They have to find out what they have in Ty Ratty. And you know what? Listen, he's scored at every other level that he's played at. He's been able to produce. So why not give him an opportunity here to see what he does? They've, it's been a revolving door on that right side with Connor McDavid this year. So why not give him an opportunity? And right now he's grabbed the reins. You know what? He's grabbed the reins and call it lucky if you want to, but I've always felt that good players create their luck with the way that they play the game and the opportunities and the chances they try. Um, for Ty Ratty right now, good for him. You know what? He's coming up here and he's, he's getting an opportunity. He hasn't played that many NHL games, so for him to step in, I think he's creating those chances and, and maybe adding a dimension on that line that uh, I don't think we've seen. Here's the thing. Ty Ratty's always been able to play the game, process the game. He's always been a scorer. Um, the question was, could he get their foot speed? I think he's getting there right now with two really fast guys that he's playing with. He's doing okay, so we'll see how this lasts. But good on him for right now for taking that opportunity and uh, having some fun with it. How do you think Nugent Hopkins has looked on the left side with McDavid? I think he's looked great. I think he's looked awesome. 
Um, just as I as I think Leon Dreisel looks awesome on the right side. Uh, here's the thing. Um, all three of those guys, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, will play the game a similar way. They look at the game the same way. They process it the same way. They're smart, cerebral players that are fast, that can make both a pass and can shoot. So they like playing together. There, there's no question. I'm sure if you were to throw Dreisaitl on the right-hand side with Nugent Hopkins on the left, that'd be a pretty potent line, too. I think they'd be fantastic together. But you're spreading yourself pretty thin when you do that. So... They're not in a position to be able to do that yet. There's some other teams in the league, the Dallas Stars, who I just watched last night too, do that when they put you know the three guys, Radulov, Ben, and, and Sagan up on that top line. They're pretty dynamic together. There's other teams in the league that have more depth that can that load up the top line. But you know what? Edmonton isn't in that position right now, so they're trying to find a little bit of balance, and they're scoring a little bit of balance in their play. But there's no question. For Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, back to your original question, um, you know, I honestly didn't know how he was going to play on left wing because I think he's just such a natural centerman that it's sometimes difficult to, to I don't want to say, to simplify your role, so to speak, being a winger. As a centerman, you have much more responsibility on the offensive and defensive side of things. So you're really in perpetual motion. But the one thing that Nugent Hopkins has always had is, is, is good straightaway speed. He's always been a good skater. So, I mean, for him... He can match that speed of McDavid. He can get to the hole, and when he gets there, he has he has the subtle hands to make a real good play in tight. Uh, they've created a lot of chances together already in the games they've played together. Louis, uh, I know you got to be loving what we've been seeing lately out of Jujara Kara stepping up for his teammates. Yeah. I love it. You know what? And I think it's just a confidence thing. We talk about confidence a lot when it comes to skill and for defenders how how you know to be confident enough to stand up and have a real strong gap and and defend well with a stick in the body. But it's the same thing when you're a physical guy, to have the confidence. I remember, you know, that that those first couple of fights in the year were always the toughest fights because, you know, you're so revved up and you've been training all summer and you're a little nervous, but you didn't want to catch a guy when he fought 15 times in the last 25 games because he was in fight shape. You know, that to me, there was a confidence there, right? So for Jujar, it's just a matter of him understanding how big and strong of a guy he is. Um, we talked a little bit on the panel a couple of games ago about how he's been working on his skills every day with Jay Woodcroft when he can. And he says those are really important to him. You know what? He, he, he had to work on those things because those are aspects of his game that just weren't where they needed to be coming into pro hockey. He worked hard down the American Hockey League to develop to the point where now he's in the NHL and now he's developing even more. And as he gets better and more confident with the puck in his role, then you're seeing him start to really reach out and, and stick up for guys. I love that. You know what, listen, I know we've talked about fighting a ton over the last few years, and yes, it's being weeded out of the game, but a guy like Michael Haley still has found a way to have, what, 21, 22 fights now on yep. the season? So good on him, too. I have to give him a ton of credit to be able to find 20 guys to fight him. And number two, he's doing something right to get those guys to fight him. So good on him. But for a Jujar Kara, a little step up in weight class, but I thought he handled himself really well. He's he's a big, strong guy, and I, I don't even think he truly knows um, how intimidating he is to the opposition. Because I can tell you, if I was on the other side and I looked over and I saw Jujar Kara skating around as fast as he can move and as agile as he is, I'm sitting there going, you know, this guy's a pretty athletic guy. He's probably a handful. There's no question. And uh, he is a handful. And my favorite line still, one of my favorite lines is, is Craig McTavish calling him John Wayne Tough. Because, you know, he's that good, hard, honest guy that fights for the right reasons and sticks up for his teammates. And, and I just think that's classic. I think that's great. Louie, that said, Jujar and Darnell 
have been doing the sticking up for guys on this team this year. Both younger guys, which bodes well moving forward. But that's going to bring us to a conversation about a different guy, and that's Milan Lucic. He has he has not had a fight in over 50 games. He has one goal in 36. And whether or not, I mean, I'm not saying I expected Milan to fight 10 times a year, but I thought he'd fight six or seven times a year. And, um, you know, we've seen... That might Okay, but what, because, only because I think that the, the no one wants to fight him, right? To fight him. So that, no. that makes it really difficult. We saw the same thing happen, and I'm not by any means putting Milan Lucic in the same category as a tough guy like Steve McIntyre. But Steve McIntyre had to tough himself out of the game. He was, you know, he he literally was so tough at that one stretch where he was just hurting guys that the opposition's coaches were telling tough guys not to fight him. We're literally yeah. going down to the bench and saying, "Do not fight that guy." All right, so and, that's. Let's well, take this. Let's take this differently. Like Milan was also brought in here to be like a twenty goal score. You know, eighteen to twenty two goals, forty five yep. to fifty points. I think that's fair. Certainly in the first few years, Maroon when he struggled got himself in battles, but nobody's really intimidated that much by. I think in fairness, Maroon doesn't scare you the way Lucic uh, can scare you. So what does Milan need to do to be a somewhat effective player? Because right now. I mean, you live in Edmonton. You know the pressure, the fan base, and the frustration that they've got for Milan right now. You know, I'll tell you what. Um, well, two things. Number one, I, I kind of disagree with you about Patrick Maroon. Patrick Maroon is a big guy that's not afraid to fight. So he already has eliminated 90% of the league. Okay. Being that type of a guy. So I, I, I think he is an intimidating guy. But he found uh, fights, Louis. He found yeah, fights. Absolutely, absolutely, because he was a little more game. He, he looked for it a little bit more. He was a little more abrasive. And what's the other thing that Patrick Maroon does that's going to lead to what I think that Milan Lucic needs to do a little more of? He chirps. He, he chirps. He talks. Okay, so he was one of those guys that engaged. Now, I know that a lot of things aren't going right right now for Milan Lucic, and I, and I, can, I certainly can feel for the guy because I have been a big guy and I've been in that situation. And you know what? You, to get yourself out of it, you have to go a little bit extra. You've got to go a little bit extra to kind of make it like, okay, enough's enough here. As tough as Milan Lucic is, I'm sure he can find a couple guys to tangle with him in the next little while if he really wanted to, okay? But you really got to want to. That's the key, number one. Number two, if he doesn't want to do that, then you know what? Play the game. And when I'm talking about the game, I'm not talking the game of hockey. I'm talking the game within the game. Play that role. And we see so many guys that do it standing over top of the goalie after the whistle. Do not move until someone pushes you out of there. Chirp a guy off the face-off. Give him a little bump off the face-off, a little cross-check. And it doesn't have to be a tough guy, Bob. It can be anybody. It can be anybody on the opposition. All you're doing it for, selfishly, is to get yourself into the game. You're not doing it to intimidate the opposition, even if it does great, which it can a little bit for sure when you're Lucic, but it's getting him activated. It's getting him in the game. That's the things that he needs to do to get himself physically into the game, mentally into the game. And then you know what? The other stuff will follow suit. I do believe that Lucic will be a 20 to 25 goal scorer again in this league. I 100% believe that. I'm not just saying that. I truly believe it. He is in an unreal bad slump right now. This is brutal. Okay, But he's still getting great A opportunities. He still was up until the last couple of games. He was getting chances. Okay, he until he stopped playing. Until yeah. he stopped playing with yeah. McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah. Lou, well, we got. Well, we got. Yeah, go for it. Thing. He's going to get those chances again. 
And I'm telling you, he's going to be a 20-goal guy again. Things are going to start to go in for him. He's going to gain the confidence, which we've talked about already in this show, and he'll start to score again. But he's going to have to do his part, and his part is starting to get himself into games. And you know what? It's not all about fighting. I hate talking about fighting with Lucic because everyone thinks he's got to go out there and scrap. No, 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 no. Go out there and play the role. Play the game. And that sometimes is really difficult for an honest, tough guy like Lucic to do because you almost feel like you're cheating the system. But you know what? That's the game nowadays. So go play right. the game inside the game. I can honestly say I hope you're right, Louie. Hey, Louie, great stuff, man. All right. Take care. Got you Thursday. Uh, it is 129 in Edmonton. We're gonna uh, we're late into the break. Uh, still to come in the final half hour of the show. Uh, time permitting. Randy Hanch, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and Stan Marple, GM of the Alberta Golden Bears. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.